Flawcast episode 180, Reclaiming Your First Love. The future for me is already a thing of the past. You were my first love and you will be my last. Bob Dylan. Flawcast. Get in the arena. All right. Hello, our esteemed Flawcast Nation, Flawcast listeners. We are back. And when I say we, I have Mr. Tuckerson. Carl, hello. Mr. William, it is good to be in the world headquarters. Yes. We, we, so uh, to quote Eric B. and Rakim, uh, it's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to. But um, <laughs> we're back. Uh, we took the holidays off uh, because, I, you know, I can't really speak for Carl, but I, I think I can. But I think we needed it. I think, you know, just the holidays are always busy, and then there's just been a smorgasbord of garbage in the world that, you know, as our episodes tend to be, you know, spiritually electrifying, but I believe uh, politically um, potent, it's just been a lot. And I think we just kind of needed to step back, recharge our batteries to a degree, and we are now in February uh, ready to uh do our best to kick 2024 in the teeth. Um, so, <laughs> so. Yeah, we start out the f- first podcast of February, which is, for me, the first podcast of 2024. Yeah. We made it through 2023. A little iffy at times, but we're here. And I myself took a couple steps back, and there's just been – in the last, especially two years, so many things that have happened to, to shape my vision to, to really uh, bring in a clear focus. And I want to, and I know you do too, as we've been talking, but I want to deal with the rest of the time I have left on this planet as an alien or a pilgrim just passing through. I want to a vagabond. A vagabond. I want to share super clear focus perspective that's concise. You know, dynamite's not big, but it does a real bang up job. And so I want to consistently bring a concise package of information and maybe scale back a little and focus more on less. So I can have more of a dynamic impact. That That's what I think I've figured out in these months that I just have been really under the porch, licking the wounds and recharging. So I'm ready. Good. Well, that that's staying a whole bunch in a just a little little bit. Thanks. Goal achieved, brother. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but we want to thank you guys. want to thank everybody who's been reaching out and say, hey, are you done? Are you coming back? And so we're we're back like a bad penny. But um, before we get into anything, we're going to do the shake and howdy. Um, I do know that I think we have some exciting news coming this year. Um, and we'll share the, those things at the uh, point of time. But uh, hopefully everyone's going to be able to be excited. Uh, keep us in prayers. We pray for you guys. And um, moving forward to echo what Carl said, I think the focus isn't going, it's going to be primarily on 
spiritual on the the move of Holy Spirit in our world and in our land and in our individual lives. But I think as we focus on what he's doing on the earth, we're going to be able to see his scriptural perspective. Uh, you know, I mean, we've talked about this uh, several times, but our point of view is right now, everything that's happening in the world is the foundation for the antichrist governmental system is not just being laid. Cause I think that that first layer of that foundation is starting to solidify, but it's now being built upon. Um, and our job is to expose that and, and to, give our understanding of the scripture um, as we can. So um, we're just going to ask you guys to share. Uh, We still need you guys to share these episodes. You can find us anywhere podcasts are. Uh, If you search out Flawcast CLE, we're on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, uh, Anchor.fm. We are on the video platform Rumble on Sunder Flawed Inc. Uh, You can find us on the Project Mockingbird social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, We are also on Gab and Getter. That's all under Flawed Inc. Uh, Link below. Uh, to get a copy of my book, Smith's Heart of Man Repair Manual. I've uh, been diligently working on my next book. I'm probably just at the halfway point in writing it, uh, which feels good, but also <laughs> still feels daunting because I got that much more to do. Um, and then our email is flawedinccle at gmail.com. Uh, any questions, comments, or concerns, you can send us a message there. Uh, but that being said, while we still can, I'd like Mr. Tuckerson to uh, lead us in his second favorite time of the episode, the uh, Patriotic 21 Seconds. Absolutely, everyone. Please take your right hand, place it over your left heart, and repeat after us. I, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So this is something that I've said this in my book and I've said this before in many podcasts, but I feel like where I'm at right now is when you watch these old like universal monster movies, you know, like the, the Frank Frankenstein or, you know, as Dr. Frankenstein or, um, you know, even like something more modern, like, you know, the Pete, uh, uh, Peter Parker and the Spider-Man lure, lore with, um, uh, you know, Harry Osborn becoming Green Goblin or what the, the, uh, you know, Doc Osborn. You know, the, mm-hmm. these mad scientists have these things and they try them on themselves and they either go terribly wrong or they go terribly right. And, and you know, they either you either become Captain America or you become Dr. Octopus. Yeah. Um, and I and I feel like in our life, that's kind of what it is. We either have tremendous victories and, and tremendous successes that God has granted us or we have our ass handed to us, uh, which is also something that God gives us. Uh, yeah. So I feel like what we're going to be talking about, at least in this beginning portion of the year, are things that I feel, at least you know, speaking for me, and I think uh, Carl would agree, are things that we're going through that as those veritable mad scientists, if you will, going through these things to see if it works, we're going through these things and we're giving it to you as in real time as we're going through it. And I believe this is going to be a real brief thing. Um, Our discussion will probably be longer than actually what we're going to hit here. But this, I believe, is really important to start because this is going to be the foundation where we're moving everything. So we're talking about political things, if we're talking about the move of Holy Spirit through the earth right now, if we're talking about the 
individualistic plans, the purposes, the destiny that God has for each and every one of us, uh, and even you listening, uh, which is something that I'm starting to learn a lot of people that uh, are in leadership in churches, they don't really teach and emphasize the individualistic calling that someone is gifted when they are created by the Almighty. Uh, they, Unfortunately, I'm, I'm starting to see now that that's another thing being twisted and manipulated. But where, where we're at, at least with this episode, is something that God's really spoken to me. And, and, it's, and you know, I was listening to the news and I, I was like, oh, God, you know, here's this or here's that. And I'm like, how are we going to navigate this? And, and I just felt like he was just really speaking to me like, you have to return to your first love. And, and I'm going to kind of shell out what that is. Um, I got a couple of scriptures. I'm going to read them uh, really quickly. Um, but the idea of our first love, and I love that lyric that Bob Dylan said. Uh, it's from a song called By and By. And I, the future for me is already a thing of the past. You were my first love and you will be my last. And it's that idea that our first love, that first predominant thing in our life that we love, that we hold dear, that we value, that we gaze upon with the utmost admiration and, and, and desire is our first love, is that of Christ as Savior. And sometimes we drift from that. You know, I like to say we're wooed by lesser lovers. And I believe that this year, if you're not in that process, I believe it now be a really good time to begin to let Christ again be your first love and let everything around that be prioritized as him being in number position and number one. Mr. Tuckerson, before we go into the scriptures, what are your thoughts? Well, that topic is interesting because I happened to have experience with Jesus being my first love. And you say, well, of course, Carl... Anytime anyone comes to Jesus and, and accepts him into their life, that would be their experience. And here's where I think I am as I've gotten much older in life is that I wonder, though, if people really had a falling in love with Jesus ever, even at the point of repentance. And let me explain to you why I even say that. Because, see, that could be a controversial statement with and in itself. And I don't mind being controversial. I do mind being incorrect. Yeah, that's a good stance. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> mind if my intention is to be accurate and correct and specific if by doing that, I now have somehow become controversial because, you know, the Bible is a point of controversy for most people. The Bible is a stumbling block to a lot of people. Jesus was a stumbling block to people just by simply speaking truth. Mm -hmm. We're now entering an era where truth is controversial. It, and it's subjective. Not, it, it's, yes. And so I'm still old school. So I still believe that absolute truth exists. Now, that statement is controversial. People would lie and tell me that their truth is truth. You know, we're in this time period now where people are really big on telling you, well, this is my truth. Mm -hmm. And that means about as much to me 
as a hill of beans. I don't care about my truth, and I don't really care about your truth. I care about absolute truth. And you say, well, Carl, what does that mean? That means that certain things don't change. Certain things transcend culture. They transcend time. They transcend influence. That's an absolute truth. And so I still live in the belief and acknowledging that absolute truth does exist, that absolute truth is real. And who knew that by simply saying, I'm going to speak the truth, having good intentions with love, speaking forth a truth, that that act would become controversial, that it would get you labeled that you would become identified as, and then they would put something on you that they think that you have to just carry with you because you just spoke a truth that doesn't adhere to what they say my truth is, okay? I'm not that guy, and I guess I just don't care from the standpoint of worrying like I used to, okay? Sure. I don't. And, and, and certainly the first church are great all of the first church, great examples of that, not caring up until the point of their life being taken. Yes. If to, the, to, and, yes. Right. To be able to, to, to give that absolute truth. And, yeah. And if the intention is out of love and concern to right. speak the gospel, to speak Jesus's words, to speak the truth, if that is the intention, if you're not trying to offend and you're not trying to debate and win a debate, but you're just simply... Um, following the leading of the Holy Spirit and you're moving through the Spirit and you're speaking these truths, if that act of what you're doing is offensive to other people or makes them uncomfortable, so be it. Right. So be it. That's not my intention. Right. So I guess when you say remembering your first love and we go back to that, if I am to address that, I can tell you that it was 1985. I was in school. It was the day of the earthquake that happened in Ohio. And it was a pretty big earthquake for me. It was the first time that cement moved under my feet and felt like sand. Now, I had grown up in church, spent my whole life in church from the time I was a week old, was in the nursery, was going to a private Christian school. So I was Jesus in and Jesus out with teaching scripture and knew about the rapture, knew about the second coming. And yet on that day, those circumstances and events, when that happened and while that was going on, and it was probably 20 to 30 seconds that that was happening for me. I thought the rapture just took place and I missed it because I'm still here. There, this thought came to me. Now, I know now as I'm older, I would know immediately this is an earthquake, but I had never been in an earthquake, Mr. <laughs> William. I had never felt a living, secure... living in Northeast Ohio, you know, <laughs> yeah. not, not like on the San Andreas or anything, and right? Not a little earthquake, but the kind where, you know, we were sitting in a chair with rolling wheels and my chair began to roll away from the desk as I rolled across the room. That is how powerful that this earthquake was where I was at. So, of course, I did what any good little Christian that's questioning whether he went to, you know, whether he got left behind, I guess you would say. <laughs> I went up to the auditorium and to the altar 
as a 15-year-old, almost 16. And I truly, I truly at that moment accepted Jesus personally, individually, privately for myself without mommy and daddy, without the teachers and the Christians, just me and Jesus. And I can truly say hours later, and I'm being accurate, hours later after that event, I had an encounter of love like I had never known in my life. Hmm. I'll never forget that. Never. Now, I question and I wonder how it would be possible if people had the encounter I had with Jesus and that kind of love, which I had, which I could go on, but we don't have time. I had such an encounter of love from him that I will never be able to forget my first love. I will never be able to forget that experience, that day, that moment that changed my life forever. Because I have to say, I'm wondering and just questioning if today's generation of Christians that label themselves, call themselves, think of themselves as a Christian have ever even had the encounter of love with Jesus like I'm speaking of. You know, obviously I nor I think anybody else on a grand scale can answer that other than I hope so. Um, you know, I remember that earthquake and I literally thought Red Dawn was happening. I was in second grade. I was literally looking for the It's so funny that you and I were so such different perspectives. Yeah, I, I was literally looking for Saint Swayze and the Russians falling out from the uh, the sky. But the invasion. Yeah. Um yeah. I'm like, I gotta get my chubby little butt home and and <laughs> my Rambo knife, you know, I don't know, whatever. But um, so to get into the scriptural perspective of where we're talking about, and thank you for sharing that because, you know, we, uh, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And I certainly hope that generationally speaking, and I believe that nothing is impossible for God. So the revelation that he bestowed upon you that day and the revelation he bestowed on me the day that he first introduced himself, I, I want to believe that is something that is handed down in the lives of people who genuinely submit to his lordship and friendship in our lives. But I'm going to read two different portions of scriptures. This first one here is from Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 or 5. This is from the Amplified. It says, But I have this charge against you. You have left your first love. You have lost the depth of love that you first had for me. So remember the heights from which you have fallen and repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, your sinful behavior. Seek God's will and do the works you did at first when you first knew me. Otherwise, I will visit you and remove your lampstand, the church, its impact on this place, unless you repent. So this is during a portion of scripture at the beginning of Revelation where Jesus talks to the seven churches and, you know, he's saying, hey, you were good at this. I do have these things or issues I need to address with you. Um, and, and this is one of the things, and I'm not going to get too deep into that church and, 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 and what that particularly was. What I want to share is what I believe God was speaking to me 
in that moving forward in this year, which, you know, because of who I am, I I believe it's going to be a very tumultuous year. Not only, you know, is this an election year, uh, if we can look outside of our country and see uh, what else is happening throughout the world, it's just, there's just a lot. And whether it be the election, whether it be, potentially what I think might be a dog and pony show at the border as we record this in Texas, um, the looming disease X, you know, inflation, um, deflation, um, you know, uh, shortages, surpluses, uh, prices going up. Uh, I would say even, you know, people falling from their faith, exchanging their first love for a lie. What I believe Holy Spirit spoke to me is that in order to navigate these days and this time we live in, we have to fall back in love with the man Jesus. And I've heard other translations say, do your first works over again. And what that means is, you know, I look back at a point in my life in my early to mid 20s and, you know, going to several prayer meetings every week that lasted anywhere from three to five hours to, you know, like fasting, praying, um, you know, just there, there was a hunger and an anticipation that I had that I lived in, in a group uh, of, of friends of mine lived in, and it was easy to foster that fervency, that, that hunger, the older we get and the, I, I would say the more jaded I, I have gotten, um, and the more corruptible and encourageable we find the world that we live in and, and, and even trying to evoke that on us, I believe we are at a place now where we need to return back to our first love of Christ and we need to foster that love. We need to guard that level of intimacy and the level of dependency with such fervency, with such devotion, we need, as our life depends on it, we is how we need to uh, foster that because it certainly does. I, I would say that moving forward, whether things are just a day in and day out average kind of year or the calamity that is, I think, and I think you can see it's kind of written out there on the wall, uh, is going to befall us, we are going to need to return quickly and steadfastly to our first love, which is the love of Christ. Now, I also have one other portion of scripture I just want to read. Uh, This is from Hosea. This is chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. Once again, from the Amplified, it says, Come and let us return in repentance to the Lord. For he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. After two days, he will revive us. In the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. So let us know and become personally acquainted with him. Let us press on to know and understand fully the greatness of the Lord to honor, heed, and deeply cherish him. His 
appearance is prepared and is certain as the dawn, and he will come to us in salvation like the heavy rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. And I just think that's such a poetic but poignant to say, you know, the the book of Hosea is really an interesting book if you've never read it. It's about this dude, Hosea, who's a minor prophet who God tells him to, to marry a whore. Uh, a prostitute. Like a real one. Yeah, like a legitimate prostitute. Right. Her, her name was Gomer. Right. Um, and, and it's a complete metaphor as Hosea in this metaphor is that Christ-like figure. And as we, the, his betrothed, uh, the, the body of Christ or, 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 you know, those who profess at whatever point or level that is to love Christ, we are the whore. And it's that constant pursuit that Hosea has. You don't have to do this. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you. Come back. You know, it's this relentless pursuit that Hosea has for his wife, who he absolutely loves, who on the outset has no reason to. He's like, dude, you know, like even reading that, like, "Eh, I think you could do better, man. Um, (laughs) No, but the, the whole point that Hosea having been a real man, being married to a real life prostitute did that was metaphorically that we need to understand how God relentlessly pursues us and that we need to return back to our first love. These things happen to us, you know, in this regard, they're, they're by God's hands. Like we go through pain, we go through hardships uh, and a lot of the stuff, you know, God allows to happen because it develops us. It trims the fat, if you will. But I just love how it says here that His appearing is prepared and is as certain as the dawn. He will come to us in salvation like the heavy rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. And I just, I love that metaphor. I love that idea that God's salvation is going to come on us like heavy spring rain, like heavy rain. And I feel like it's been raining since Halloween, like late October, uh, like literally every day I feel like, and, and our backyard is, I, I liken it to no man's land. If you've ever seen any pictures of World War One trench warfare, it literally looks like in between, you know, like <laughs> in between like the, the English, the French trenches and like the German trenches, like that's what it literally looks like. And it's, it's just horrible. But the fact that God will come on us with salvation, like that refreshing, life-giving, cleansing rain, it's a wonderful promise. And unless we're DARPA, we cannot manipulate and control and produce rain ourselves. That rain is conditionary on us returning back to our first love. And I don't have too much else to add other than the fact that I believe this is something that God's definitely put on my heart. The last couple of weeks, I've been trying to work that out, to walk that out. Uh, and I, I don't really know how successful I've been. My wife and I have had some interesting things happen just in the first month of this year. And we had a conversation about uh, somebody who uh, we know. And in this conversation, the question of, you know, this person being a Christian, how can they do this? How can they choose to live a life or to embrace things or to indulge in behavior that is clearly anti-scriptural? 
and even more so seems to be adopted and practiced body-wide in many regards through the the body of Christ. Because this was something reverberating in my spirit as we were having this conversation. All I could tell her was, I feel like what Joshua said to his wife and family and to the, the children of Israel that, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. God's word, his, his promises, but more important, his precepts, his laws, if you will, they are not swayed by the fashion of the hour that we live in. They are steadfast and they are true, like Carl, you're talking earlier. So just because the popular narrative or the popular thought, even for people who are quote unquote Christians, might be, oh, we're going to live like this, or it's okay to do this, or, you know, oh, you know, those, you know, God's cool, blah, blah, blah. I said, you and I, we know God's word and we are going to serve him and we are going to let that ring in our home and in our hearts the best that we can. And as God's word is unchanging, it doesn't matter. You know, we're talking something that happened in the 80s when cell phones weren't readily available. But, you know, I'm reading notes off of my iPad and looking at my phone for, you know, this and that. It doesn't matter the technology because God's word supersedes all that. And we are going to stick to what that is. And there's great promises and a great importance put upon remaining and keeping our first love as that primary position in our heart and in everything in our life uh, following that. So as you're hearing this, I want to encourage you, if this is not anything you've ever thought of, even if you are you know, a, a Christian, I really encourage you and challenge you to think that, to begin to position your heart to let the, your, your first love of Christ be that first position. And if you've kind of stepped back from that, if you've kind of lost that, think of what Hosea says, that when we return to him, he will come for us in salvation, like the spring rain, like heavy spring rain. And I, I just want that to reverberate in your spirits as you're hearing this. So I, uh, Carl, any thoughts that we yeah, want to... I just have one perspective of what you said about the first love, and then it will lead into what you were talking about with the precepts of God and the unchanging laws of God, is that when we're talking about falling in love or remembering your first love, you know, we're talking about relationship. And it's like we've talked so many podcasts about friendship of Jesus, relationship of Jesus, but the opposite side of a relationship with Jesus is a ruleship with Jesus. And meaning it's nothing more than a bunch of rules, which that is really defined, if you want to know the truth, Mr. William, as religion. Religion is rules, okay? And we weren't told to remember our first rule encounter, our first religious encounter, our first precept encounter, even finding the requirements of God and Jesus. It's that we were reminded about remembering the first love and that love that we felt with Jesus in his presence when we repented for our sins. And so we need to be very aware that Satan is not afraid 
of religion. Satan is not afraid of ritualistic, systematic, religious endeavors. That is not what concerns Satan or the kingdom of hell. What concerns Satan and the kingdom of hell is relationship with Jesus. See, this is what concerns the demonic world. When we have a relationship with Jesus and not a ruleship with Jesus, and that's why I say I'm wanting to know and I'm wanting all that have repented to have actually had an encounter where they have fallen in love and have experienced the love of Jesus so that they could remember that. My concern is this. When you have a relationship with Jesus and you love Jesus and you feel the love of Jesus, it's not a question of what can I do or what can I not do to make sure I escape hell. That's not relationship. Right. Relationship is what pleases my father, Jesus. What pleases. And, you know, people can, can go into a boyfriend-girlfriend or a husband and wife. I don't necessarily like doing all of the things that I do in my household. And I don't think that all of those things are necessary. But I do know that it pleases my wife. I have spent time with her. I have studied her. I have talked with her. I have been in her presence. I have relationship with her. And so I know what is required, not required by her by law for me to be a husband or for her to even really love me. But I know what is required of her and her interest and her desires to please her. I want to do that. And when we talk about relationship with Jesus and we talk about remembering our first love, we need to move away from the can I do this or can I not and move into Heavenly Father, what pleases you? What is it because you love me so much and I love you so much? How is it I can please you? And when you start to study his word and you start to get in his presence and you start to sincerely want to please him because of the way Jesus actually vacated the throne present uh, physically and came to earth and laid his life down and died for you, that to me, see, that means something that demands something from me. When someone is willing to die in my place when they don't have to, I am aligned with them. See, that that is the most valuable thing. And if that act isn't enough for me to desire to please that person that did that for me, then I don't understand love. I may understand rules. I might understand that uh, thou shalt not go to the titty bar that thou shalt not smoke this and drink that. But if you understand love and you get what he did for you, your natural desire is a walking away from culture and a walking to Jesus. And so that is where, when we talk about precepts or for, as for me in my house, it isn't a question of it's for me in my house. Am I going to follow the rules of Jesus? It's as for me and my house, am I going to fall back in love? 
Am I going to seek out what he desires in his word and what he desires for me in my life and to build his kingdom and build my relationship? And see, this is where the, that's what the devil's afraid of. He's not afraid of religion. I mean, Mr. William, religion crucified Jesus. Do you really think he's scared of religion? He's not. But when you transition from a bunch of rules and a bunch of law, and you transition into relationship and friendship, that is what shakes the kingdom of darkness. And so as we move forward in this year, and in how many ever years we have left, if the people that are listening to us and sharing us as this podcast grows, begin to not only live this way, but speak this way, confess this way, teach this way, share this way with people, all of a sudden, we have an army of believers that are not as concerned as much about rules because they're never asking what's right or wrong. They're always asking what's best. See, that was how I youth pastored, and that was why it was okay for me to talk about premarital sex, talk about all kinds of things about drugs and alcohol abuse and in the presence of the parents sitting with their kids where they were squirming. I never wanted to say, is it okay? Is it right? Is it wrong to have sex before you get married, to smoke weed, to drink liquor? I never dealt with that because Jesus isn't concerned with right and wrong. He's concerned with what's best because he is best. And so if the question to be asked is always what is best, in this situation, for my life, in making this decision, in making these choices, Jesus, I'm asking you, what is the best thing for me to do? I know he will never lead you to what is wrong. You can't ask what's right and wrong anymore in this time period, in this culture, okay? You better start asking the question and making decisions, what is the best thing? thing for me to do, Jesus. And let's transition from this right and wrong. And let's get into the question that says, in loving relationship with Jesus, where I'm not driven by rules and I'm not driven by religion, I'm driven by his presence and his desires. Now I am asking you, Jesus, following your desires for my life and what you want, what is the best thing for me to do? And I can promise you this with assurance. He will never lead you to what is wrong if you always follow what is best. We will make mistakes. Sometimes we're going to get it wrong because we're human. But I promise you it will never be because of the directing of Jesus through his Holy Spirit that is our partner every day that leads us and guides us. The questions need to be asked in a loving relationship. What is best? Not what can I get away with? Not what can I do and still go to heaven, but what is best? And I think maybe I feel like even going forward through these upcoming podcasts, we could establish that. Even with us in dealing with whatever we deal with in topic matters is like, maybe it isn't about right or wrong anymore. Maybe it's about what's best. God spoke something to my heart years and years ago. Um, and it's always just uh, stuck with me and reverberated with me. And it was just a very simple thing he spoke to me. And he said that the human heart was not created to be controlled out of fear, but to be motivated by love. And I think in a sentence that 
quantifies everything that you said. And I'm so thankful that you said that because I want people hearing this not to look at the Ten Commandments and say, okay, as long as, you know, it's like, I don't want to drive down the road and know the speed limit's 70, but I could probably get away with 75 and it'll be okay. I love how you frame that. And I think if you're listening to this, make that tonal shift, that kind of question, like Jesus, what, what is best? What is, what is that thing in my life that you look upon with favor mm-hmm. and righteousness and that I can walk my life out in that. I think that is a great place to go. And then moving forward, like personally, I'm, I'm like really going to take that in and, and, and try to shape that because, you know, once again, you can know the speed limit is 70. Well, maybe I can get away with 80 today. I don't see too many cars around. I don't see, you know, it's late at night. No one's, you know. I think it's absolutely and, a trick of the devil. To well, be sure. honest with you, to get us into these corners of right and wrong. And, you know, I hate that. I've always hated that. And, you know, I just, I really feel compelled that that becomes our mental shift. I agree. No, I, I, I agree. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray us out and uh, we're going to put this episode to bed. So, Lord, I thank you that Carl and I are back together, that you've <laughs> rearranged our schedules. Um, and I, I thank you for speaking this uh, to our hearts. I ask that you would not just let this be head knowledge, but let this become heart knowledge, that this would manifest in a real, in a tangible, in a way that we can actually taste uh, and smell and, and, and see what is the best for us? What is that good and pleasing thing for us? And I ask that um, everyone listening, that you would just speak that to their heart. You, you would allow them to return back to you as their first love. And, and that your word says that uh, in Romans 2, 4, that uh, your kindness leads us to repentance. Uh, and I ask that as we are being led by your kindness in that state of repentance, that you will return to us um, like the, the spring rain, Lord. And I, I just thank you for everyone listening. Uh, I thank you for um, giving us these words and these messages. And uh, I just pray everyone be safe. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Carl, this was a good episode. I think, thank you that you're, we're back. Uh, feels right. Feels proper. Uh, feels best. Uh, yes, <laughs> and, uh, that's right. And I uh, just want to thank you guys, too, for listening. Um, thank you guys for just reaching out and saying, hey, what, what, did you guys fall off a cliff? But uh, <laughs> we didn't. We're here. Um, we just love all you guys. We thank you. Uh, asking you to share. I think this is a great place to introduce people if if they've never heard us before uh, or if they're a long-time listener and coming back. I think this is going to be a great place to start um, and and moving forward in this year so you have an understanding what best is. Um, You can find us anywhere podcasts are under Flawcast CLE. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor.fm. We're also on the video platform Rumble. Uh, that's under Flawed Inc. You can find us on the Project Bird social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're also under Gab and Getter, all under Flawed Inc. Uh, there is a link in the description that you can get, pick up a copy of my book, Smith's Heart of Man Repair Manual. Um, and our email is flawedincle at gmail.com. Uh, and I just want to once again thank all you guys for tuning in again, uh, and we will see you next week.